0: Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery and welcome to The Breakdown. And here we talk about science, psychology, and investing. Today we're gonna to be talking about fruit trees, pecan trees, fig trees, and some of the other options that could do better for us here in the borderland. Before we get started, if you missed any of our past conversations, you can catch any of our episodes at kfoxtv.com forward slash The Breakdown and listen along on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Now, let's break it down. And I'm here with Denise S. Rodriguez, the Texas A&M Extension and the Ag Department. And and Denise, we're talking about fruit trees. And and one thing I want to start off, you know, a lot of people don't even realize, some people do realize Mm -hmm. we can grow certain things here and and certain things do quite well. We're obviously going to go over the ones that will produce for you a little bit more and and easier and kind of make your life a little happier and better (laughs) instead of trying to fight something that doesn't want to grow here. So we'll go over that, of course. But one of the things, Basically, I want to start like I like to do from the very beginning. So you want to grow fruit trees. Where do you start?
1: Wow, that's a loaded question to start off our conversation today, right? So you really want to start off just like anything else. Uh, When you're growing vegetables, you want to pick those vegetables that you want to eat. Mm. The same thing for fruit trees, you know, because we're talking about an investment of resources, uh, but also an investment of your time as well so really when you want to start off by looking and at your property and see exactly how much space that you have um that's the biggest thing um you also want to make sure that you select a fruit tree that you can keep manageable size so that you can harvest that quickly uh, and efficiently because um, you have to pay the mother nature tax right like there's going to be birds (laughs) there's going to be sometimes squirrels (laughs) are going to come and take some of your harvest (laughs) so you kind of like want to think about that as well so you want heavy producing plants and then share so you can share (laughs) it's just paying the tax right exactly that makes sense right but as far as the location of your your property you always want to plant uh, fruit trees in the northern side of your property okay Okay? so you have to orient yourself use your phone everybody's got a kind of built-in compass Mm -hmm. on their phone Uh, use that and the reason why you want to pick the northern side is because with fruit trees you want to make sure that you have enough dormancy period and by being on the north side you're going to be able to maintain during the winter time those colder temperatures and sustain the colder temperatures, kind of cold I, ground. Yeah, exactly. Because you want to make sure that you accumulate enough of that cold time and dormancy time so that the plants can then be triggered to bloom and then set fruit.
0: Okay, so so basically, you're thinking, okay, I want to plant fruit trees. So first of all, you got to find the location, right? Best location, northern side. It keeps it a little bit chillier, right. Lo- longer. Right. Okay. Now, now, so so you select the spot for your fruit tree. Um, we're, and, and we're going to go over the, the kinds that do best here in just a little bit. For sure. But what when is it safe to start planting them? I know it, it's a little bit different for vegetables because yeah. they're a little more tender. But right. I mean, maybe fruit trees are as well because I think sometimes they sell them what's called bare root, right? Where they just have kind of the bag and the root, and you see the fruit tree and, and it almost looks like a stick. Yeah. You know, they still sell them, I guess. That would be the dormant stage or phase. So so. Do you have to worry about a freeze? When when is the safest time? To-
1: so bare root trees are going to grow a lot faster. Okay. So, um, but the problem with that is it's kind of hard to find bare root trees in the nurseries, and if you do, they're only going to be for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't act quickly, then that window of that season passes, and then you have to purchase a is that container
0: typically early in the year.
1: That's typically early. Yes, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that when you purchase your trees and you plant them, you want to plant them when they're still dormant. Mm -hmm. So the thing about that is that dormancy is not a plant is dead. It's just quiet and resting. It's actively not growing. That's the that's the true definition of dormant.
0: And that's kind of opposite real quick before you pick up on the dormancy thing. When people shop for plants, because most people don't want to. And Kevin from the uh, Botanical Gardens at UTEP was talking about this. You know, they don't want to shop for a stick. Right. You know, and so it's almost kind of backwards with the fruit trees. <laughs> but yeah. So if you can get them bare root and, and, and talk about that dormancy period when you plant them, where, where does it go from there and how long does it take for them to, to take?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when, whether you're uh, buying a plant in a container or bare root, you want to make sure that you want to look for a good, healthy specimen. Okay. So, yes, sometimes we have to shop for sticks, uh, but it's because what we're trying to do is we're trying to invest for the future that's the main thing. So when you do your research and kind of look at different cultivars that are out there, that's when you do your homework and then you just pull that specimen out. What you're really typically looking for is about a tree about three to five feet in height um, as well. And they also have good uh, root systems. So if they're in a container, you want to make sure that those roots are nice and creamy white color, because that's going to indicate a healthy plant. Um, If they're starting to circle, Around the pot, um, you can still do some remediation on that. You can go ahead and tear or prune some of those uh, roots off as well. The same thing goes with the bare roots. You're going to go ahead and do some pruning of the roots as well when you put it into the area that you're going to grow it in.
0: So when you, when you and and how I can't always forget how how big you make the hole.
1: Yeah, it's like so you never want to go too deep. Okay, because oh, okay.
0: it'll flood it. Right?
1: You rather go wide, okay, right? Okay. So you want to allow for that root system to be able to expand, okay. and then not too deep because it's really important when you start seeing where that uh, root ball meets the top of the plant mm-hmm. and if you go underneath that then essentially you're kind of drowning the plant and then sometimes people will end up getting like a lot of suckers which are those like side shoots oh, that yeah, come out yeah. yeah because it's a planted a little bit too low and the plants trying to struggle to survive and okay. send those shoots out okay. so kind of think about that um, in your soil that you're gonna choose and you're gonna you're gonna plant uh, your plant in or your fruit tree uh, you want to make sure that you stay away from any water log soils mm-hmm. so if any place on your property where the water kind of pond and pulls and sits, you want to stay away from that because a lot of the trees are lost uh, with a lack of drainage from their roots.
0: So kind of a well draining kind of a Yes
1: smell. and, and then, what you can do also bread is also plant that on the berm as well as kind of like about a foot foot and a half above the ground itself so that you're able to kind of escape a little bit of that water logging if you can if you have no choice.
0: Right okay okay so yeah if you're that makes sense so if you're part of your yard is a little bit lower, but it's the most open area. It's on the northern side of the yard. Um, that's so you kinda raise it a little bit on its own to protect it right. from that surrounding lower soil. Okay, Definitely. That makes sense. Okay, well it gives you a little more a few more options then, yeah, or more control. It really does. And and as far as um, safe to put in the ground, don't really have to worry, I guess, because a lot of these trees are cold hardy. Right. So so I mean if you if you buy it bare root and you put it out in March. Mm -hmm. And there is a freeze, not really too much of a big deal.
1: Yeah, so we have this window, right, where all these fruit trees come into the nurseries and you want to buy them and you want to purchase them. So we talk about okay, are they dormant? We're buying sticks or are we waiting until they leaf out? Mm -hmm. So that's that little window where you can go ahead and plant that into the ground as okay. well when they've lived out. Okay. Now keep in mind that any uh, fruit tree that you plant in the spring going to be a little bit more susceptible to that summer heat. Because yeah. you know what happens in El Paso, right? After the winds died down, the heat just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have no break right. in between for that. So we kind of have to be aware of that. That's why it, in a true ideal situation, you would plant all those trees either in the fall or in, in uh, late winter. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And you, I mean, it's just kind of an avoidance mechanism yeah, that we can do ideal. to control yeah, ourselves, but Maybe. we can still do it But it's just gonna struggle just a little bit more because um, it doesn't really have a lot of tree canopy right. To kind of cover that bark. That bark is really like Tender mm-hmm. and it can be easily get sunburned and Um, Especially when it's hitting like the sun's hitting directly on that uh, trunk.
0: So, so basically and I- kind of getting it through the summer, if you will. Right. Whereas in the fall, maybe it gets a little better chance to get established.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. So you get all those roots being able to be established okay. in that area, and then it's just better equipped to handle um, the, those those kind of sections. fluctuations of yeah. temperatures. And then also it has good root systems. It's going to kind of help that anchor it into the soil and not be kind of swaying in the wind, too. because <laughs> you don't want the stick to be like bouncing straighten all over the straighten place. Straighten it up again. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Okay. And so... Um, so basically, okay. So they're they're fairly cold hardy. Now, what? And, and let me ask you this too, because we, we talked about not planting it too deep. You right. basically want it to to run, and that makes perfect sense. It runs basically, essentially, where the root ball stops and the trunk starts. Mm-hmm. That should be pretty much your soil line. Uh, now, is there anything you should kind of pad or amend the soil with? I, I know, like if you're in the Upper Valley, generally don't have or the Valley period uh, generally don't have too many issues it can be actually a little bit too clay in some areas but um outside of there i know on the east side it's it's once you get north of montwood mm-hmm. it seems like south of montwood it's not too bad you see a lot of healthy italian cypress and right. and mulberry trees of course but right. like once you get north of montwood it seems to be a little sandier yeah yeah uh, so in and in horizon city it seems to be a little sandier as well um northeast seems to have some of that Soil that came off the Franklins, if you will. Northeast mm-hmm. doesn't seem too bad. The trees seem pretty healthy there. The west side, we've talked about before where they've had some issues struggling at some of the local parks to keep the, the, rocky, right. the rocky and lack of nutrients on the west side outside of the valley. Right. So, so if you got kind of an area where you're a little bit more rocky and less nutrient or, or sandy and less nutrient. How do you kind of amend that to kind of give these a head start?
1: Right. So any plant that you're going to plant in the ground, especially your vegetables, your fruit trees, you want to amend that with some organic matter as well. So that's going to. That's going to help no matter what type of soil that you have. Okay. Just because in, in general, our desert soils, no matter where you're located in the proximity from the river to the foothills, yeah. um, are going to be just low in organic matter. True. So that's okay. going to help you a lot. As far as um, fruit trees, one of the biggest things for those guys is that they're heavy feeders. And what that means is they like that fertilizer. You know, So when you start establishing that uh tree itself you want to make sure that you add like ammonium sulfate is a real common fertilizer on there and you can do that one cup uh, for every month throughout the growing season so like may and then june july Um, and that's really going to help water that uh, fertilizer into the ground because that plant's going to be taking up a lot of of, of nutrients and it's going to need that a lot so may june july yes
0: ammonium sulfate and Mm -hmm. that's going to help that's that's going to be almost of post flowering period, but as the fruits develop,
1: yes, because what we're doing is when we talked about investing, because yeah. that's what fruit trees are all about, they're investing for the future, right? Mm-hmm. They're a long term component to your landscape, right? right? Yeah. Um, so that's why you want to go ahead and put that high ammonium okay. uh, on there because that's going to help the vegetative growth on there, so it's going to help with the leaves and then the stem formation as well. All of that's going to be pumping up and building up sugars so that it can essentially feed your fruit. okay? okay. Got it, uh, yeah, so that's it's, right,
0: healthier leaves more photosynthesis bigger leaves more photosynthesis that will eventually get back to the fruit
1: yes those okay. carbohydrates get transferred into the fruit got it sugars yeah
0: nice and sweet yeah okay.
1: trying to make it you know yeah that's <laughs> not, that's not, that's i
0: didn't okay that's interesting i didn't realize how, how quite tied in with fruit trees okay. Yeah. now i also wanted to talk about um before we get to uh the, we the soil mixture yeah. i want to talk about what kind of so now obviously we know what to do Once you have it in your mind that you want one. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are some of the better types for us here in the borderland? I'll give you kind of less heartache
1: and right. (laughs) So the most popular fruit trees in general, people like to eat peaches, Mm. nectarines, plums, right? Those are all what we consider stone fruits. So they have their pits are like a stone, Mm -hmm. right? So unfortunately what those guys are is that they're really susceptible to late season. Frosts, okay. okay. And that means that if it gets too hot too quickly, mm-hmm. then the tree itself breaks out of dormancy and it starts turning out flowers. And then what happens with our weather patterns is we get these late freezes, mm-hmm. then essentially all of those flowers and that's drop. And that what produces the fruit drop and then no more fruit, right? So that's the the issue with some of those stone fruits as well. So when you're shopping and you're selecting these these trees, you want to make sure that you get what they call a high chill requirement. So for us, it's about 800 chill hours and there's calculations that are attached to that and they accumulate over the season and it's like temperatures below 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So there's all these calculators that you can find online. Um, but uh, that's our issue uh, with El Paso because of those issues with those late season frosts. And it's funny
0: here because um, I've seen where even if we're, we're so far south, yeah, that even in the winter time you can step out and enjoy the sun. <clears throat> and the sun angle is lower and it's obviously not as intense, right? But I've even felt like on a January day, and I've seen this where if we don't have any extremely cold nights, mm-hmm. every now and then you'll see a rose like pop a little flower or something in the middle of January. You right. know. But then what usually follows in February or March, another exactly. round of freezing weather. And then, you know, there goes that little rose. In that case, it's not such a big deal. Right. But, you know, if, if the tree did start, those branches started to warm up and like that sun and started to bloom. Right. And then, like you said, you lose all those. That's what turns into the fruit, those pollinated flowers. And yes. Let those buds get frozen or freeze.
1: Right. Uh, then you're... You're then out you're out of the, it right? right so then the option for that to avoid that is not grow those stone fruits and if, perhaps if you have space to include other plants such as pomegranates figs jujubes that all leaf out those, yeah. before yeah. Right. so oh. these guys they when they break dormancy the first thing that comes out are their yeah. leaves yeah. so you losing a little bit of leaves or twig damage it's not as critical yeah. as the flowers. So that's a little option to be able to avoid these late season
0: And Yeah. And I like that because, yeah, you're right. Figs, they they, they do, they leaf and then with the fruit and then you have to worry about flowers or, and it's interesting. I always love this, the pecan tree. (laughs) Oh, right. Which is, you know, uh, Texas native. Mm-hmm. And it's totally Texas ready. Pecan trees—they're like, we're not leafing out until April. Right. <laughs> we're, like, we're not taking it. We don't care how warm it is, how warm it's been. We don't care. <laughs> April—that's when pecan trees leaf out. It's—it's it's almost. Yeah. It's funny. They're like ready for anything.
1: Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. They'll never lie to you. Right.
0: They won't. <laughs> they won't. And you can't lie to them. You give them a stretch of seventy-degree weather in March—they're not like, having it. Not having it. Stay in dormant <laughs> until April. So, okay, so, and Jujubee is, um, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah. I think I saw a couple of NMSU right. on campus and the fruit actually is very, very good. Right, You don't see them for sale very often.
1: Right. Um, so I understand that the jujubes came to El Paso into our region uh, with Chinese immigrants okay. when they were building the railroads. So a lot of times you'll see them out in the valleys very close to the oh, train. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So they're great. I mean, they have a really distinct shape to them. They're very architectural. Like they yeah, have like they, their bendy. They look yeah. <laughs>
0: odd. The way they grow, it's almost like this. It, it is different, but the fruit is good. Yeah. It's, it's super
1: tasty. So for uh, folks thinking it's like a small apple, if you will, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the shape of a date. Yeah. And like a little oblong shape. And they really range from tartness to super sweet mm-hmm. um, as well. And they can be uh, consumed fresh right off the tree, or they can be processed and dried where that kind of intensifies the sugary uh, mm-hmm. levels as well. And I well. think the
0: one I had, the one I tried it, yeah, it had been kind of dried on the tree. Maybe oh, okay. that's why it was so sweet. Right. It was, I was. it was kind of shriveled a little bit, and I pulled it off, and I went, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, so yeah. those guys do really well, but they also self seed. But they also have a little, a lot of seedlings will pop up and sprout up around them as well. Oh, okay. So kind of keep that in mind too. If you're a very tidy gardener, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you realize that when you get your juju as well. So.
0: And so, and you mentioned fig. Uh huh. Okay. Fig. And we know I got, I have a one pecan okay. on the back, and one pecan tree will give you
1: money. Yeah. Um, I, for it's, sure.
0: It's probably about. 10 feet tall now it was kind of stunted uh the, i guess the people that had had it before me didn't really water too much okay so i've taken care of it it's taken a couple of years it's interesting it takes two three years sometimes for a plant or tree to to really recover um but we so pecans do well here pistachio you also see kind of scattered around in people's yards. it's like that's yeah. kind of a funny looking leaf to it
1: right <laughs> right absolutely so yeah pecans uh, grown um in ag producing lands are going to take about seven years to produce so it is a long term effect uh, for that Uh, you're exactly right Uh, pecans love water though Mm -hmm. you know they're a little bit different than you know some of our other plants as well they're native to Texas you know we're in the Chihuahuan desert uh, here so those guys will usually take like four feet of water so if you kind of calculate that out like that's a lot of water long term project yeah absolutely (laughs) for that so um, other ones uh, really can just kind of um, Pomegranates as well. They'll take some some water. Um,
0: more Mediterranean,
1: right? So more Mediterranean, yeah, absolutely. So the great thing about pomegranates and figs um, is that they're really high value crops. Like you go to the grocery store and you get them, and they're like really expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you really like to enjoy those, invest in a fruit tree. Um, I know that like charcuterie boards are really popular now. You always yeah. see figs on there yeah. too as well. So and they don't do well in the grocery store. Like if you ever have bought fresh market figs like they are just highly perishable. So why not um, grow that? It's a nice ornamental tree. Um, It's pretty tough, uh, withstands a lot of pests and diseases as well. So those are kind of things that you want to to look at when you're selecting a tree and what you're gonna invest your time in.
0: For sure. So you mentioned pecan, quite a bit of water. Um, Pistachio, I, I guess they're not too hard. I mean, they're fine here as well. They're not too difficult to grow and maybe a little bit less water.
1: Yeah, oh they are. Yeah, well, the common one that we see ornamentally is the Chinese pistache. Oh, so it kind right. of looks like a pistachio tree, right. and then the little ornamental fruit are like little yeah. immature, teeny tiny. Yeah. Um, pistachios, uh, the closest they're closest that they're grown here on a larger scale is up in Alamogordo Um, so they have a really nice little pocket area where they can grow, not to say they can't grow down here. Um, If you're going to grow them for profit for those guys, they need to be close to a post-harvest facility or else the shells uh, dry up and get browned up pretty ugly, pretty quick so that's the only issue with that. Those have male and female trees too so pollination for that is critical other ones that you can find, other uh, stone fruits that we talked about or uh, figs, pomegranates are self-pollinating too so you don't have to worry about getting a male and a female tree
0: okay nice so There, there's some i wish we could grow here like i uh, had been back in southern california they have like uh, dwarf avocados now
1: oh right you know, <laughs> they're
0: like they're, they're they, they max out at like 12 14 feet oh okay and So like the fruit is always within reach and you know and I, wow that would be so nice but yeah. A little bit too cold here for citrus and avocado yes. and mango. And yes. So, but we have, we've got our own stuff that, that we can grow right. here.
1: And you can grow those guys, but you have to do this as a patio tree and you have to be That's able true. to move them into the garage or a carport and really cover those guys as well. So. And actually
0: some people here do. Yeah. Occasional orange mm-hmm. or lemon tree. I mean, I've seen one in Central. Uh, mm-hmm. years ago and i was surprised i was up against the house and yeah. and it was i was really surprised oranges on it mm-hmm. but then we do occasionally have these arctic blasts right. that kind of come through and and if it freezes below the graft then you just get the you don't get the good fruiting right you know, citrus tree that you had so but like you said that if you do put it if you put in a pot or a container mm-hmm. then you can just put in the garage and, and you know during the harder freezes and Right. So that makes it actually doable. That's I forgot that you can. With citrus, okay. it is a little bit uh, closer mm-hmm. here with some of those. Now, with, really quickly, I do want to go over. Um, so once your tree is established, okay, well, let's take this in two parts. Okay. What do you recommend for watering to get it established for that first year? Okay. I'm
1: okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, yeah. One inch of water a week. Okay. So we have to be able to know how much water we're putting in to that tree if you have a drip system you have to be able to measure that as well essentially what you want to do is make sure that that soil is penetrated for six inches okay. so calculate you calculate that one inch of water is going to go so down okay. six inches into the soil profile as well Love that. so you want to make sure that you want to have enough um, water for that tree itself um, sometimes as homeowners we have trees, no matter what they are, and grass, lawns, competing for water as well. So you want to make sure that if you have your fruit trees, you want to have a clear area of grass. Uh, Make that bare ground. Uh, You don't want that competition.
0: Right. Yeah, you can actually see if you look closely sometimes, you'll see them competing. And it's pretty amazing. And sometimes you'll also see it. It's not just in a pot, but if you if you just started something, I just put out a few things and like on the hotter days, on the warmer days, it will literally dry out that soil around it. It will right. literally use up that water. Right. So, and so you can kind of know, but I like that so it's one inch of water per week. Per week, okay, now, oh. once they're established, mm-hmm. can you go a little less? Can you go, or does it stay the same?
1: So you wanna make, well, the biggest thing for these guys, like I said before, was a fertilizer, okay? okay, okay. So you wanna make sure that you maintain that watering until you're about year three or year four, then you can start pulling back. Okay. Cause that's when we est- essentially have established the tree as well ultimately no matter what we recommend for irrigation you want to make sure that you keep an eye on what the tree looks like as well Uh, you know if you make those watering and those irrigation calls uh just by visual by okay how does the plant look are we wilting Got to give it some nice, nice deep irrigation. It's going to be much better than a lot of frequent shallow irrigation. True. So and kind I, of keep yeah. that in mind, too, with whatever you're growing.
0: And then, there there had been time quite a while ago where I planted something and I had, to, I had only done the shallow my whole life. Yeah. And something had happened where I wanted to move one of the plants and literally the water was only that deep into the soil. Right. And I couldn't believe it. And so after that, yeah, deep irrigation is much better. So you're looking at one inch per water mm-hmm. a week and how often to fertilize? Once a month. Once a month. So lunch yes. water week and once a month on fertilization. Right. Okay. All right. And where can people go to get like more information on how to grow? Because Obviously, you know, people know about like regular trees and and how to get, you know, some of your stuff through the summer heat, Mm -hmm. but specifically some fruit tree information. Is there, uh, do do you guys have information on that as well?
1: Yeah, I'm going to send you to the the main website on there and that's um, aggiehorticulture.tamu.edu. It has a comprehensive list of all different types of fruit trees uh, and how to care for them in the growing season as well as in the dormant season because you got to prune those fruit trees. So that's another completely separate Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that
0: is. That's right. Okay, so and you've got the list of trees that do well here in the border for our county. Is that how it goes?
1: It goes by the statewide, but then there's a lot of regional maps on there that you're able to pull that information specifically for El Paso.
0: Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much, Denise. It was great having you on again.
1: Thanks again. If
0: you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to comment, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can check out our past archive of episodes on KFOXTV.com under the Community tab, or listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for breaking it down with me, and we'll see you next time here on The Breakdown.